Today we're in week two of a series called You Make the Call. And last week I talked about how although God is ultimately in control, God does not control us. We get to make our own choices. We get to to enjoy the benefits or suffer the consequences based on the choices that, that we make. Last week I started off talking about interference how things in life can just be going the way we want them to go, can be going just smooth, and then all of a sudden something comes into our life, somebody hurts us, somebody betrays us, something happens that interferes with our plan, and then we've got a call to make. How are we going to deal with it? How are we going to respond? How are we going to react? It's our call to make. It's pretty easy to sit in church every week and think about things like Maybe things you need to do, like, you know, I need, to, I need to forgive that person. I need to just forget about what they did to me. And think about hurt and forgiveness or motivation and things like that. And, and a lot of times, and we're going to deal with that later in this series, we're going to deal with the freedom that comes from forgiving someone. But today, I want to talk about you. Because what happens, I'm not talking about the person that, that hurt you or did you wrong, but what happens in life when you're the one that messed up? What happens when you are the jerk? It's easy to sit in church on Sunday morning, and you're, you're sitting there and you think, I know somebody that needs to hear this message. Honey, get the CD of that because this person needs to hear it or that person needs to hear it. And that's, the, that's a sermon she needs. And you think about, do y'all do that or is it just me? Do you think of other people that need to hear what's being said? Well, today, the spotlight is on you, literally. This sermon is for you. It's not for somebody else you're thinking about. It's for you, okay? A lot of us need to learn the phrase, I'm sorry. For somebody in your life now or in the past that you need to say, I'm sorry for, and then you just fill in the blank. Because everybody hurts somebody along the way. All of us say things that hurt people, do things that hurt people. You may not ever hurt anybody physically. You may not ever, you know, give them the once over and beat them up. You, you might not ever do that. You may not ever have a, a physical affair on your spouse. That, that may never happen. But we all mess up and hurt other people. Other people get hurt by my words. Other people get hurt by my attitudes. Other people get hurt by my actions. In the New Testament, in the book of James, James talks about how our words can get us into a lot of trouble. How the things we say and how we say them can get us in a fix sometimes. When I was about 13 years old, I grew up in a single-parent home, and I could talk my mom into anything. But there was this one day when she was not given. 
I mean, I gave my best sales technique. Turn on the sad eyes, you know, try the guilt thing, and it wasn't working. She was saying no, 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 and I don't even remember what it was. But I was so angry because, you know, you don't know what to do because 99 times you can talk him into something, and this one time she was saying no. And to this day, I promise, what I meant to say was, oh, shoot. But that's not what I said. Our words can get us into a lot of trouble sometimes. James calls our tongues a restless evil, meaning the words that we use and the way we talk to and about people, a a fire. James says this in chapter 3, verse 2. We all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he's perfect, able to keep his whole body in check. So all of us say words, say things sometimes that get us into trouble. Words that we wish we could take back. Some of us do things that we wish we could take back. And you might be sitting there today wishing you had the courage to walk up to somebody and say three words that could change your life, their life, heal a relationship, and make all the difference in the world. And those words are, I am sorry. Today I'm talking about a personal foul. When you personally hurt somebody else by your words, by your attitude, or by your actions... Not only do the words that we use hurt people, a, a bad attitude can also hurt people. You, you can have a, a terrible attitude and it hurts people. Somebody told me one time, he said, I, I don't have a bad attitude. I'm just a realist. I just see things as they are. My attitude's not bad. The same person said to me, he said, you, you've got, Donnie, you have got a problem. And I'm thinking, Problem, like singular problem, like one problem, that's pretty cool. I wish I just had one problem. Sit down for a minute, I'll tell you about a whole bunch of problems I have you don't even know about. So I've got a problem, but I've got a bunch of problems. I mean, aren't there, there are people that just look, look, look at the world through negativity, that, that are always looking for the negative. And you know what? That's your call to make. You can choose to look at the world with the long face always looking for what's wrong, being the kind of person that brightens up a room by leaving it. I mean, that's, that's your choice. It's your call. If you're like that, if you feel like you're that negative person, you know, the world a, 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 can be a negative place. And there are negative things in the world. There's negative things in my life, in our church, in your life. And if you look hard enough and you keep staring and picking and looking, you'll find something negative. But why would you want to do that? People that do that, that look for the negative, that look for the thing to complain about, tend to leave a string of broken relationships behind them, tend to leave people behind them they hurt, they disappoint, they anger. But it's your choice. You can be negative Ned. You can be negative Nelly and, 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 and have those negative, that negative outlook on life. That is totally your call. But we've all been, we've all been where we've said things and done things that hurt other people. And when that happens, when that happens and we've said or done something that hurt somebody else, what do we do? 
Am I going to point the finger and say, it's your fault? Or am I going to look in the mirror and into myself and think, what, what do I need to do? How do I need to react? Am I going to be defensive or am I going to let my guard down long enough to say, I was wrong and I'm sorry? You know what keeps us from saying we're sorry? Keeps us from apologizing to people. Two big things. The first one is fear. I'm afraid to say I'm sorry because if I apologize and tell you that I'm sorry, what if you get mad at me? What if you don't like me anymore? Also, pride. Pride keeps us from saying we're sorry because I'm not going to say I'm sorry till you say you're sorry. You go first. I say, I didn't really do anything. It's your problem if you're upset. In the New Testament, Jesus tells a timeless story that we can all find ourselves in. It's in Luke chapter 15. Someone in this story put away their fear, put away their pride, and brought themselves to where they could say, I was wrong and I'm sorry. The story is about the lost son or the prodigal son. And it's a story about a young man that went to his father and said, Dad, why don't you just go ahead and give me my inheritance now so I can enjoy it now before you die? So the dad did it. He gave him all the money, gave him his inheritance. A few days after that, he packed up everything he owned and he went away. He left. The Bible said he spent his money on wild living and on prostitutes. So he goes into this other land, he spends all the money, and then he's completely broke. He's spent all of his inheritance. He's betrayed his father by taking the money, then leaving, then what he spent it on. He's completely betrayed his dad. He's in a foreign country. He's at rock bottom. You know, we can find ourselves in each character in this story, whether it's the dad or the son. But the son finds himself at rock bottom. Unfortunately, Some people are like that too, where they have to hit rock bottom before they wake up and realize what they've done and realize the hurt and the pain they've caused. This young man's now living in a pig pen, working in a field, and he's hungry. He's at the bottom. And he does three things, or more than that, but he does several things that anybody needs to do when it's time to say you're sorry. Three things any of us could do when we need to look at somebody in the face and say, I'm sorry. Here's the first one. Rehearse it. Rehearse what we're going to say to somebody when we go up and say we're sorry. Listen to Luke 15. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. He was rehearsing in his mind what he would say when he stood in front of his father to say, Dad, I goofed. I messed up. I need you to forgive me. And he was running through it over and over in his mind just what he was going to say. Like a football team gathers in the locker room a few days after a game, after they've gotten beaten, they start to watch the tapes. Not to beat themselves up and say how bad they are, but watch the tapes to see where they made some mistakes. Watch the tapes to see how maybe they can get better, how they can act differently the next time and play different the next time. And when I say rehearse it, that's what I'm talking about. Not replaying a negative thing over and over and over in your mind, but thinking about what can I say to this person 
that can express my sorrow for what I've done. When I hurt somebody, I need to realize that I need to think about it, not just replay it over and over, but think about it and consider exactly what I need to say. I need to rehearse it. And then it's time with sweaty palms, with a racing heart to walk up to a person and then to reveal it, to rehearse it and then reveal it. As a, as a small child, I loved watching Happy Days. Remember the Fonz? There were two words, three words, the Fonz couldn't say. He couldn't say, I'm sorry. Remember that he would just, I'm, and he couldn't, couldn't get the word sorry out. When it comes time to reveal to a person we may have hurt, sometimes it's difficult to get the words out. Listen in Luke 15 what the young man said. So he returned home to his father and he said, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. When you're at this part of saying, I'm sorry, I've committed a personal foul, I've hurt you, please forgive me, you're pretty vulnerable because you don't know how the other person's going to react. You don't know what they're going to say. You don't know how they're going to respond. And this is the place where you admit guilt and say, I messed up. You know, I've, I've caught myself giving a fake apology. You ever give a fake apology? There's a couple different ways to give a fake apology. The first way is, it's, it's really your fault apology. You know, that's the apology where you, you, know, you sit down and talk to the person and you say, look, if what I said offended you, I'm sorry, that off- I'm sorry you're offended by that. That's not admitting any guilt. That's saying you've got a problem. You're the one with the issue. I'm sorry you got that issue over what I said. I mean, that's the it's your fault apology. If the word if is in it, then it's probably not a real apology. Hey, if you're angry because I cursed you out, hey, you know, I'm sorry if you're upset about that, but it's putting the blame on somebody else. An apology says... Hey, what I said was wrong, and I'm sorry, and I need you to forgive me. Not, hey, if, if you're upset, if you took it the wrong way. I'm sorry you took it that way. That puts blame on the other person. Then there's the other kind of apology. There's the, oops, I got caught apology. That's the apology that says, oh, oops, (laughs) you caught me. That's the apology that has a long line of reasons below it. Hey, let me tell you why I did that. And then there's a long line of reasons. This is why, this is why, this is why. You know, you got caught. Just say, you know, I was wrong and I'm sorry and I need you to forgive me. Anything else is a fake apology. A real apology reveals the heart. Listen to what Jesus said in Luke 6. It's who you are, not what you say and do that counts. Your true being brims over into true words and true deeds. So last thing you need to do, you've, you've rehearsed it, you've revealed it. Now it's time to release it. You've made the right call and asked somebody to forgive you and said, hey, I'm sorry. It was my fault. Please forgive me. You've done what you're supposed to do. When the young man came back to his dad to say, dad, I've sinned against you, 
When he came back to him, he didn't have any idea how his dad was going to respond. He didn't know if he was going to kick him out. He didn't know if he was going to smack him in the face, spit in his face. He didn't have a clue what his dad was going to do, but he was still doing the right thing, revealing his guilt to his father. He was willing to do that so he could release the guilt that he was living with, and he revealed that to his dad so he could release it. And when we reveal our mistakes to a person that we have hurt, then it's time to release it. You've done what you're supposed to do. You've made the right call. Then it's up to them how they respond. They might forgive you. They might not forgive you. But you've made the right call in saying, I was wrong and I'm sorry. They may never, ever trust you again. That's the consequences. But they might forgive you. They probably will forgive you. When you hurt somebody, you can rehearse it, reveal it, and release it, or you can choose to let the relationship stay damaged. In Luke 15, the story ends with a happy ending. The father accepts the boy back, and they they throw a big party. And at different times in our life, I think we're both parts. Sometimes we're the son and sometimes we're the father. The way you react when you've hurt somebody is completely your call. And you don't know how they're going to react, but one thing that we do know for sure is when you go to God and say, God, I goofed up and I'm sorry. I know how that's going to end 100% of the time. Every time, because Jesus told this story to illustrate God's love for us. Jesus told that story so people listening to him and people throughout the ages who read it would know when I've messed up, when I've taken what's, what I shouldn't have done and I've gone and done what I shouldn't have done, God, just like that father was waiting, is always waiting on me. And the father didn't kick the boy out. In fact, that father said, come on home. And he had a huge party. So... God is the ultimate person, ultimate being we need to ask for forgiveness from. And 100% of the time, we get it. 100%. While saying you're sorry and you did wrong may not always heal human relationships, it will always heal the relationship with God. Always. In Psalm 103, verse 12, it says this, He has removed our rebellious acts as far away as the east is from the west. So God will always forgive, always accept back. So have you committed a personal foul against somebody? Is there somebody that you're leaving here today thinking, I need to make a phone call or I need to go make a visit? It's totally your call. 